Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Majid Samaragandhi, Chairman and CEO of Triton Services. Say hi. Hi, Mike. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Now, let me tell everyone about Majid. Majid has a mechanical and civil engineering uh, and master's degree of science in construction management and a Ph.D. in construction management from the University of Illinois. Did I got that all right? Yes, you did. That's tough for me to say. In addition, he's taken all the courses and the requirements for a master's degree of business administration. Another tough degree to get. Majid is the CEO of Triton Services, a multi-million dollar, and Triton has divisions involved in design, installation, and service of commercial and industrial HVAC systems, plumbing, and site development. Uh, in addition, uh, Majid has co-authored a book called Construction Cost Guide for the United States Corps of Engineers. And he uh, teaches courses for the Mechanical Contractors Association. Uh, where where are they based, Michigan? Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Okay. And you're associated with the Institute for Project Management of the University of Texas and guest lectures at the uh, University of Cincinnati. Uh, Majid has served as chairman of many professional associations as well as holding various positions on community organizations. You can always c- come and join me for a downtown Rotary meeting. <laughs> I'll be happy to. Don't have enough mechanical contractors down there. Although we do have some construction and real estate people. Currently, he's on the board of directors of the Allied Construction Industries. Yes. Uh, that's uh, John Morris, right? Uh, John Morris is uh, director of ABC, uh, which just stands for American Building Building oh, Constructors. Okay. Allied Construction is, uh, Industry (ACI) is the association that is both open shop and union uh, general contractors, subcontractors, architects, engineers, bonding companies, banking. Anybody that has any association with the construction industry, it belongs to ACI. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Sean has me doing a program for the for his group yes. in September. Why don't you tell our listeners how you uh, uh, got to Triton? Thank you again. I came to the United States in '72 uh, after high school to get my uh, advanced degrees uh, and work for different companies. Back in 1983, I was recruited uh, to come and be the project manager for the Procter & Gamble's World Headquarters project, downtown Cincinnati, the Twin Towers. And I finished that project in November of uh, 2000, I mean 1985, I'm sorry, and uh, bought this small company, took over the company in uh, November of uh, 85, and I had that company and uh, 
grew it. We were a very good large company, over $100 million in revenue. And uh, we were recruited and uh, sold that company to a utility company called First Energy, their mm-hmm. headquarters in Akron. And the deal was that I would stay behind with them for five years as part of the condition of purchase. And uh, four years into that uh, process, they asked me to extend my contract further. And But meanwhile, they had sold the company to... Uh, they were trying to they had bought another utility company that had a construction operation in uh, Chicago and they wanted to get rid of it. Anyway, the people that wanted to buy it, they wanted my company as part of the deal. And I had asked that with one condition, because I'm very loyal to my employees, that they would not unilaterally love my people. And they said they couldn't give me that guarantee. I went to First Energy. I said, I will buy the companies myself. And they said, no, we need to keep them to get rid of the loser. And anyway, so I left, and uh, First Energy had actually offered me three and a half years not to compete with them. Mm-hmm. I told them I would stay behind for the remaining of my five-year contract, which I honored it. But uh, during that roughly seven months that I was not working, uh, trying to decide what to do, uh, all my people keep calling me saying that not to leave us behind. And the only way I could save all their jobs was to start another company like my old company. And I'm proud to say that uh, all my management came with me. Mm. And uh, we started Triton in um, my five-year expired in December of 2002. And January 2003, I started Triton Services. Okay. That's a good story. And so your company is about 11 years old. Yes. Good. Uh, How many employees do you have now, roughly? About 165 people. Well, that's a lot of people. A lot of overhead. A lot of overhead. Okay, you can look at it that way. You can do a lot of a lot of work. Yes. Okay. Why don't you tell our our listeners uh, a little bit about how you go to market? Again, in the industry that I am, my company, we do commercial industrial only. We don't do residential. And mm-hmm. typically, those projects, they're large size. Most of them over a million dollar. Uh, typically, nobody's going to give you a million dollar project because you have a nice ad or a website or this and that. So it's a word of mouth or your reputation and quality work that you do. So most of the work we do is through, A, the connections we have and the repeat customers that we get. And then on the public projects, uh, because of our financial strengths and bonding capacity, we can compete in those markets, and that's how we get some of our other work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you actually have a sales department or, or is it your project managers that are the sell, the sellers? I'm a believer that any employee of the company really is a salesperson for the company. But our service department actually has sales uh, engineers that their job function is to bring new accounts and new customers to us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And how many of those fellows do you have? Four right now. Okay, good. You started the company less than 12 years ago. How many new accounts do you add every year? Do you have an, a, an objective for doing that, something like that? We don't look at it necessarily by account. Actually, when I started Triton Services, you know, we had I'd done a five-year uh, projection that, God willing, everything went right. In five years, we would get to those specific numbers as far as revenue uh, and uh, Frankly, within the first 10 months, 
10 months of operation, we shattered those numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, proud to say almost all our customers came with us. I look at we have a gross percentage each year. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, in 2010 and 11, and 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 nine also when the market went down, you know there's not much you can do about the, the what happens to the whole country, especially construction sector that was the biggest hit industry. Uh, no, you have but, to take business from your competitors. And we do, and they try to do it. And again, you know, there's if you look at into the uh, yellow pages, there are over 200 mechanical contractors listed. So what distinguishes from the next person? What matters? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but again, to answer your question, we don't judge as far as how many new accounts we look at with the revenue. The revenue numbers. That's good. Uh, and you brought up an interesting point. What what makes you different? What is your at Triton your unique marketing advantage? We are uh, truly a full mechanical contractor, meaning we are fully capable of designing any system, installing any system, and and uh, servicing them. The company, again, I've always believed is not the desk and the chairs and the, and the building that it owns or occupies. It's the people. Mm-hmm. And our strengths is our project managers, our management, uh, our president, vice president, and, and all the positions that we have. We truly have a lot of wonderful people that have made us grow as fast as we have grown. Mm-hmm. So you, you take on the, the larger projects, something like NKU adding another building? Very much. Uh, again, the larger project, the more complex the project is, the better we shine. Because when you get involved with the smaller projects, you have a lot of the, what I call mom-and-pop companies that you compete. And that's not usually a lot of those projects. Even if you win them, you should have lost them because those are losers. Uh, so, you know, one of the most recent projects we just finished was the Queen City Towers, the tallest building downtown. Okay, uh, yes. Which, great American. Great American. And it's a wonderful project. And we are about to finish the Walnut Hills Schools projects. We have done a tremendous amount of projects for uh, Cincinnati Public Schools. We are doing a lot of the hospitals. We are doing a lot of work at Miami University. Those are the t- type of projects that we like. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you going to... Uh attempt to get involved in the uh, revitalization of that the building that, that's half built along 71 at no, Kenwood? Actually, we locked out. I was asked to submit a bid on it, but we knew the developers at the time. I had done a project with them in Lebanon, and mm-hmm. and uh, something about their process and the way they were paying us, we realized there is something wrong with that company. So when they invited us to submit a bid for the Kenwood Tower, uh, I asked, I told our people that do not get involved with it, and I'm so glad we did not. Yes, a lot of contractors lost big big money. You know, I always tell, this is my people are sick and tired of me he- hearing me saying this. I always tell people, we are all hungry, but when you're hungry, you don't eat poison for food. Yeah, there are some projects are poisonous. Yes, yes. Uh, in, in my business, in, in sales training and development, uh, there's a there's a saying that you you haven't made it as a trainer until you fire your first client or clients. That's correct. And uh, boy, was that ever true? It is, and uh, we do a lot of uh, tremendous amount of time to qualifying all our accounts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you qualify an account? 
the best thing is through word of mouth. Uh, we have ways to check their financial strengths, uh, and we do all of those. And and you know, ask from within their own company or other people that have worked with them in the past what we can deduce from their their way of payments and things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, we worked with a uh, a jewelry manufacturer here in town, and uh, there was a, a credit book for retail jewelry stores all over America, and they said to the salespeople, if people are below this level in the book, not allowed to sell them. It's not smart because, again, as I said, you know, I always rather go play golf than work like crazy for two years and end up losing money yeah. on the project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very, very true. Uh, let's take a uh, commercial break here. Majid has agreed to take calls. Uh, the telephone number is, as always, 646-595-4916. And uh, let's listen to Jimmy Fox talk about Tip Club. Uh, the next Tip Club meeting here in Cincinnati is on Thursday morning, the 15th of August, 7.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. Jimmy, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about Tip Club? Hi, I'm Jimmy Fox of Tip Club. Tip Club is a professional networking organization whose members help each other succeed. We meet once per month and provide a forum where business-to-business professionals are able to connect with more desirable opportunities and build long-term strategic partnerships. I'm inviting Cincinnati Business Talk listeners to come to our free networking event. You'll have the opportunity to meet new people, share leads and referrals, and grow your business through strategic alliances. Membership in our Cincinnati group is open to only one person per specific trade or occupation. Business-to-business professionals only, please. We do not accept multi-level marketing or recruiting-driven memberships. This is our only group in Cincinnati. We'll meet on the third Thursday of the month from 7.30 to 9 a.m. at Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, 4357 Ferguson Drive, Cincinnati, Ohio. To reserve a seat, please go to www.tipclub.com and click on the Events tab at the top of the page. Then, just scroll down the list until you come to the Cincinnati event. Or you may call 800-798-0270. That's 1-800-798-0270. Thank you, and we look forward to seeing you at our next networking event. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Majid Samar Gandhi. Uh, Majid, uh, what do you see as the obstacles in the marketplace to further growth for your company? Obviously, you always have to be cognizant of the lack of talent or quality of talent that you can recruit. I also, you know, our market is shifting in a way that, you know, the state of Ohio just passed a new rule as far as construction goes, that it used to be that we used to, each five major primes, what is meaning that people that had the contract directly with the owner would be the general contractors, electrical contractors, mechanical contractors, uh, heating, air conditioning contractors, and the sprinkler, the five separate trades. 
But now they have made it in a way that only one company bids and the rest of us bid through that company. So it opens it up to a lot of bid shopping and a lot of unethical things that happens in our industry, unfortunately. As you know, I'm ashamed to say, but next to used car salespeople, construction industry has the second worst reputation. And we have earned it, actually. And so that's the other concern to make sure it is. Of course, we, there's not much we can do about what happens to the economy. So that's one thing I'm, I'm always cognizant and worry about. So we try to diversify as much as we can. So if one sector gets hit, we have other areas that we can expand. Mm-hmm. So is that why uh, a mechanical contractor went into, uh, I thought it was unusual that you did uh, site development. To me, that means putting in trenches, putting in sewer pipes underneath the ground, electrical conduits. Well, that's the reason I when we went into it. Frankly, actually, we were doing a project with my old company. And the company that was working for us as a subcontractor was in site development. Mm-hmm. And they, he was in financial trouble, and he came to me and asked if I could acquire the company. I personally don't know much about site, but they were very well qualified, and uh, we had them join our company. They have done great with us. And uh, our site division is very strong. It's one of the largest, and we do uh, multi-million dollar projects. And we just finished an $8 million project on Wesselman Road, uh, and we are doing several other projects for Metropolitan Sewer District. Mm-hmm. So the new project up uh, in Liberty Township, that $320 million project that just got revealed this week, uh, you're going to be bidding on some of the work in that? We hope so. Again, a lot of those, depending who the developer is, uh, any of those projects, they may have their own team. And, mm-hmm. and then in those cases, we may not get involved with it, but as I said, again, the bigger the project is, the more we have chance of securing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, inside your company, do you have your own strategic long-term plan? Very much so. Uh, how long is it? I've always believed the plan should be achievable and measurable, mm-hmm. so we don't make it long distance, long term. The longest I have is five years. But we have annual budget, obviously, and we revisit those on a quarterly basis. Mm-hmm. And all the management have to report and uh, advise their successes. And if there are failures, why and what's going to be done to correct it. Mm-hmm. We have a process here at Sandler for strategic long-term planning. And uh, for some people, it's been highly successful. We cut the strategic long-term plan to two years in duration, and then we revamp every six months because of the uncertain times that we're in. We want to be able to take care of new opportunities as they arise or make adjustments if things go the other way. Well, because, again, you know, that is truly your expertise, and that's why, you know, we try to tap into people like you to learn from because uh, we are good engineers and good contractors. We are not experts in strategic planning, even though, I feel we are better than average, but not at the level that you would be so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think the opportunities and possibilities are here in our uh, Cincinnati market, Dayton marketplace? Cincinnati, I've always believed, is, is with, irrespective of all the negative things that we hear, is we have our issues, but it is one of the cities that doesn't have the extreme fluctuations that you see in a Detroit or a Houston or other parts of the country. You know, we have our dips, but we are not at the major ups and downs. We have some of the major largest corporations that 
in and out. People are still going to buy the soaps and the Kroger's foods and the and the uh, uh, Lowe's for Macy's. Yeah, the Lowe's and Macy's and so on and so forth. We have so many of them. We have universities. Of course, the uh, sports uh, bring a lot of uh, money to the city. So we we enjoy a lot of what I call protections for our for our economy. Uh, so the opportunities are there, and I think what they have done with the banks and some of the other decisions are being made, you know, the things with the three CDCs of the world, I think those are marvelous, not both for economy, but for our citizens. Uh, I, I didn't ask you, but you you implied that you're not a union shop. Is that right? We are what is called a double-breasted. I am both union and non-union. Wow, I've never heard of that. How does that work? Very well, actually. Uh, there are areas that when I took over the other company, we are signatory to Pipefitters and Plumbers uh, Union. They have been a great partner to me. Uh, we have the greatest enjoyment working with them. Um, and then our sheet metal is non-union. Our operators are union, but our laborers are non-union. And, uh, you know, I've always believed I'm a human being first and a businessman second. I treat our employees, I, you know, for me, I don't recognize if you are a union or non-union. Uh, you come in, talk to us. My door is always open. And uh, they know we don't cheat them. We treat them as human beings and with all the dignity that des- they deserve. So it has worked well for us and has really served us well. Mm-hmm. So because you, you treat your employees well, uh, what kind of turnover rate do you get? We really do not have big turnover. Uh, I'm proud of the fact that we, we truly do not. As a matter of fact, I was in a seminar today before I came here, and they said average industry in the country, companies, the, uh, the turnover rate is 26%. And they said the uh, ideal would be 10%. I mean, we have turnovers, mm-hmm. but I don't think we even hit 10%. Yeah, every company is going to have turnovers. That's right. People are going to move away. Or, or move into the territory? Well, one of the things is, you know, a lot of people, uh, and I am guilty of it myself, actually, a lot of us hang on to people because we don't want to change. But sometimes it is a mistake to hire a person, but it is an even bigger mistake to keep them on. Mm-hmm. So uh, we do have changes, and we have made changes that we needed to make. Uh, but as far as turnover, I think we are, we are below the industry. Mm-hmm. We have a saying in our management programs, Hire slowly, fire rapidly. I think it's a very, very wise saying. Yes. Uh, too many times, especially in sales, uh, you think you're interviewing and hiring Tom Cruise, and on the first day of the job, you get Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> you're not true. <laughs> that's the problem. Sure. Uh, what do you think uh, your prospective clients are looking for now? Are they looking for low bid from a mechanical contractor, or are they looking for something else? If they are honest with you, they all will tell you uh, that they want the best value. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm fortunate to drive a Lexus, and I always tell people you cannot buy a Lexus for a price of a Pinto. Uh, but unfortunately, a lot of people have budgets to meet. A lot of people have multiple managers above them that they're monitoring every dime they spend. So many times, unfortunately, quality of work uh, or the service means doesn't mean much, and they look for the low number. Uh, we, As a company, we f- frankly shy away, try to shy away from some of those accounts and uh, not to com- bid to them or compete in those markets. But, uh, you know, 
most account, just like in my own house, when I bring a contractor to, to work in my house, I don't look for the cheap. I want to, who gives me the best quality and keeps my wife happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have a saying here that uh, I'm tough, expensive, and not for everyone. In fact, some people even find me abrasive, but that's okay. I get great results. If you don't want the great results, go someplace else. That's exactly the case. That's correct. You know, that's correct. Uh, and I think once we started saying that a few years ago and putting it out there, you know, our caliber of client uh, took a gigantic step up. And I think that's that's important to recognize where you are in the marketplace. Um, again, Machine has, has agreed to answer callers' questions. The number is 646-595-4916. I'm going to ask you one more question, Majid, then we're going to go to a commercial break where we can screen the callers. Uh, Based on the economy and and what you're doing, how much room for expansion do you actually have in your company right now? Can you take on new projects? Oh, very much so. Uh, We are, again... I've always believed it is not a matter of expansion as far as the revenue. I've never been impressed by revenue. A lot of people brag about it. For me, at the end of the day, what you have left, what matters. Nobody you mean buys profit. Profit, exactly. Nobody, nobody uh, uh, can go buy bread by revenue. So uh, my con- concentration has always been what can we do that gives us the maximum return on our investment and uh, and I again I'm a believer that it is not impressive to work hard it is to work smart and that's why I try to uh, consistently enforce within the company to that we are smart and go after the projects that gives us the maximum chance of success good again the call in number is 646-595-4916 and Let's listen to a couple of Sandler commercials. Imagine you just left your prospect's office and he now has your proposal, quote, or estimate. What do you suppose he's going to do with that valuable information that you just gave him for free? Call you tomorrow with an order? Get real! He's shopping it around to the competition. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. I'm constantly amazed how salespeople operate. They believe a prospect asking for a proposal means the sale is as good as closed. Face it, trained prospects will turn you into an unpaid consultant. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing sales, call me at 513-646-6523. Find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger. Or register now for our next open house, 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Insanity is defined as doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Let's talk about doing business. Times are tough. We're in a recession, and the economy is tightening. That's what we're all being told these days. Nevertheless, there are companies making their fortunes during these same troubled times. What really separates those who prosper from those who struggle? Do you want to know how your aptitude for growth versus your commitment to growth affect your results in this tough business year? Sandler Training isn't for everyone. It's tough, expensive, but gets great results. If you're serious, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 and ask to attend our next open house or check out our website at rothconsulting.net. 
Sandler Training, Binding Power in Reinforcement. 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, Majid Samar Gandhi. Majid, why don't you tell uh, our listeners how they can contact you and your company after the show? Our phone number is area code 513-679-6800. And our email address is triton, T-R-I-T-O-N, services, plural, inc.com. Again, triton, services, inc.com. Now, earlier in the show, you mentioned that uh, a lot of your business development comes from building relationships, uh, farming, that that your project managers do. Uh, I'm sure you have an Internet website. Yes, we do. Okay. Did you guys do that yourself or on the inside, or did you farm that out to an outside vendor? Both. Both. I have an IT manager who's brilliant, um, and he loses me the first two seconds of discussion. And, uh, and our vice president of sales and marketing is in charge of our websites, and, uh, and then they have outside entities that did some of their legwork for us. Mm-hmm. So do you know whether you're uh, doing your own inst- search engine optimization, or you're farming that out to one of the the vendors? I think we do most of that in-house, actually. Yes. Again, as I said, our IT manager is truly a brilliant man. Is the Internet a valuable source of leads for you guys as a mechanical contractor? I would not say. I would say no, actually, because uh, I'm sure we get some calls because of it, but typically... Again, projects, people do not come to you and give you a Queen City Tower project just because you got a website. They want to know who you are and what your strengths are, what your background is, if you are capable of doing it, the work with the know-how financially, bonding-wise, and so on. So really the website is more of a brochure, electronic it's brochure? Very much. Mm-hmm. Very much that is. Yes. Okay, I've heard that before too. Uh, we have a, a theory of operation here that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. So perhaps in, in your world, Mashid, you could share with our listeners, other CEOs, uh, a complex problem that you had and then the complex solution that you devised to solve it that might be applicable to another company in another industry. Again, construction industry is uh, not unique in that sense. As you said, there are problems, the similar problems, you know, uh, when I was in grad school, my advisor outside of his door had a sign that said, no amount of planning beats dumb luck. <laughs> uh, so I have always believed that. And uh, truly the most complex project that I ever came across was uh, we were working for a large uh, steel company. They had a project in their uh, furnace, very, very hot area. And they said in their contract that if this, we did not finish on a schedule, there was an $80,000 per hour penalty. Per the, hour? Per hour, liquidated damages penalty. Hmm. And we were the only idiot contractor that took the audacity to said we can do it. But in that case, we sat down, planned it, put contingency in it, put contingency for contingency, to make sure that we had covered, and that became one of our most successful projects that we had. So you got so the for, project, but you were the only one who bid it. The only one that bid it, because the risk was so high. So the only advice I can give, you know, as you well know, Mike, the Murphy's Law happens. Mm-hmm. So you need to anticipate. It may be a working for a steel company, or you may need to worry about that tomorrow. 
the bank could come and say, your line of credit is gone. Mm. And you close. I remember a company, a very, very large mechanical contractor in, in Indianapolis, very, very large company. They were in the middle of doing the uh, uh, Colts Stadium. Mm-hmm. Overnight, the bank took the line of credit from them and they closed their doors. So there are things like that you have to prepare for. There, so, you know, if one of your key people walks away from you or, God forgive, passes away, are you prepared for it? There, there are things, those are the things that keep me up at night to make sure that we have contingencies for the goals that we have going. Mm-hmm. So build a contingency plan. Yes. Mm-hmm. So as a business plan, do you actually like working with companies that have penalties for not completing on time? Is that one of your specialties? No, I wouldn't say that. Again, I I never want to take unnecessary risks, so I don't want my contracts have penalties. But again, if there is penalty, that means there are restrictions on the project. That means the owner has some complex or some requirement. It could be a schedule or the technical side of it. Therefore, a lot of people would shy away from it. So in that case, we look into those. But I do not necessarily welcome a penalty on a contract. Okay. Uh, Have you seen... Other contractors go out of business because of the penalties and contracts? Not necessarily penalties and contracts. A lot of contractors have taken projects that uh, they shouldn't have and because they needed cash flow, mm-hmm. and which is a fallacy of thinking in their part. So they take a next job very cheap in order to generate some cash to pay the for the monies that they owe on the first job. job. And at one point, it's going to catch up to you. I mean, literally yesterday or last week, when we heard the results today, we bid a project, very, very small job. Uh, We were at $239,000. The next bid was at $241,000. And the low bid is one sixty nine. Now, there's something wrong with that bid. And and we don't put 50% markups. So that guy is going to have a mistake, but he took the bid. Mm. And... You know, and of course, to whomever that awarded them the bid, I'm surprised that they did because they're going to have a problem on their hands. But yeah. you know, as you know, 85% of contractors go out of business the first year. Is it, is it that high? It is that high, and then actually the statistic shows another 10% in the next five years. Only 5% make it through. Mm. And you've been in business as Triton for 12 years. God willing, we, can, we will continue further. Yes, 11 years to be exact. 11 years. Okay. You probably have a, a birthday up there on the wall. <laughs> Not yet. The uh, only thing we have on the wall is when we started the business, we had only our uh, list of uh, telephone uh, directory had six people on it. Uh, and uh, now you see his pages of it. So. Uh, yeah, we, we started this business in uh, November, November 1st, 1992 was the first official day. Congratulations. And uh, now in our database system, we have like, 43,000 people. That's wonderful. I moved to Cincinnati from Los Angeles. Yes. Now, you can't tell from my Los Angeles accent. That's correct. <laughs> uh, I knew nobody in Cincinnati. I mean, it's up, 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 up from zero. Like Sandler said to me, Mike, you're parachuting into the territory. <laughs> well, he's right. I want to tell you. I have the same thing. That's, that's one thing about Cincinnati is a very close-knit community. And... Mm-hmm. You know, if you're another elder or Senex or Molar boy, you don't have a lot of connections. And one of that was one of my biggest uphill, still is to some extent, uh, 
because I'm a first generation a foreigner in this town. Mm-hmm. I don't have all the relationships that a lot of people have. A lot of my competitors are in their second, third, fourth generation companies. And, and uh, so it is, as you said, it is for you and I, it is much more uphill battle, try to uh, compete and make inroads with that kind of a competition. It's interesting, though. Uh, there's so many of these second-generation and third-generation companies in town that fail because the second generation just doesn't know how to run the business or doesn't want to make the right moves uh, that the founder had because he or she had it right here in their heart, that, uh, that spirit of entrepreneurship, and nothing was handed to them. So we're going to uh, take our last commercial break here. Uh, again, if you want to ask... Uh, Majid, a question, the number is 646-595-4916. We're going to listen to Sandler Rule number 18. Hey, I'm Eddie Huff from Sandler Training, here to talk about rule number 18, don't paint seagulls in your prospect's picture. Have you ever jumped in with a great idea that killed your sale? Let me tell you a story, a story about Nancy. Nancy's a second grader in the public school system. She's just finished art class, and she's painted a pretty good picture. It's got a house and sun in it, but it's all over here on the left side. Nancy's art teacher comes by and says, Oh, Nancy, that's a very nice picture, but honey, you need something over here on the right side to balance it out. She picks up a paintbrush, and paints a seagull over on the right side of the picture. Nancy's very upset. She goes home. That night at the dinner table, Nancy's very quiet, and she pulls out her picture, except it's all folded up into a small square. The dad unfolds and says, Nancy, darling, that is a beautiful picture. Very well done. And I especially love the seagull. Well, Nancy bursts into tears, leaves the room, He finds out that the reason she's so upset is because she didn't like the seagull. You see, Nancy didn't put it there. A teacher did. The point is, your prospect has a picture of their needs before you show up for the sales interview. If you start painting seagulls into your prospect's picture, they're going to become just as uncomfortable as Nancy. Every time you make a change to their picture, it leads to mistrust. It leads to rejection of your products and your services. Look, if their picture needs adjusting... Instead of telling them or painting a seagull on their picture, let's do it indirectly. Let's help the prospect discover it on their own. Rule number 18, don't paint seagulls in your prospect's picture. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with uh, Majid uh, Summer Gandhi. Uh, Majid, uh, perhaps you can give a leadership tip to the other CEOs and company presidents that are listening. Uh, first of all, I would never have the audacity to tell other CEOs what the leadership is. Again, we had, a, we had an interesting discussion about that yesterday. What is leadership? See, I, I'm one of those, and I hate to say it, Mike, you're going to be very upset with me. I, I don't believe that you can make leaders because Either you are one or you are not. I always tell you go to look at any uh, playground. You can see the kids. Who is the leader and which ones are the followers? You know, folks like you will 
sharpen the skills of a true leader, but you have to have the innate ability of being a leader uh, to do it. For me, you know, when somebody asks me that question, uh, I always say it's hard because try to say which part of the body you think the person should have. You know, all of our organs and uh, ears and nose and hearts is makes us with, as a human being. So leadership has should have many qualities. Uh, the first one is that you need to be sincere and 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 uh, uh, be yourself, not try to be emulate somebody else, and and uh, be there for your people, for them to know that they can trust you and honor what you say, and 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 lead by example. That's good. You might want to listen to the leadership show. Uh, I have no doubt I can learn a lot. Well, you know, it was interesting as we were compiling it over the last few weeks. Uh, that so many of the leaders who've been on the show with me have said the same things. And so when we reached the third guy or lady saying the same thing, uh, we, we put that, that cut on the side. Sure. Uh, but I think Michael Collins, when he talked about leadership in Good to Great, he said 19 of the 20 uh, best leaders uh, didn't have a big ego. And having a big ego could be a big disadvantage. Uh, good. That's, well, uh, that's one of the biggest mistakes, frankly, that a lot of the presidents or CEOs of the company make because their ego blinds their judgment and makes them feel that they are superior. And I always tell my own people, just the fact that I have a bigger office doesn't mean I have bigger answers. And I welcome anybody to offer me any ideas, and uh, and they know that I would truly mean that, and I would welcome it, and and I do solicit the, solicit their advice many times. Mm-hmm. Open door policy is always yes. good. Uh, are you planning on adding to your organization this year? Adding people? Very much so. We actually hired several people in the last two three weeks. Okay, that's great. Uh, can you characterize your your best prospects who aren't currently doing business with you? What do they look like? Are they all large developers? Or? Well, it depends which sector of our division of the company you're looking for. In our service division, obviously, would be larger entities like the uh, big power plants or high-rise downtown facilities or some of the national accounts. Uh, national accounts just like LensCrafters or Victoria's Secret, and those are what's called a national account that you do their older stores throughout the area. Well, uh, how, how would you do all, all of the LensCrafter stores because they're all over the country? Do you work do, all over the country? We, my old company, we did. Actually, in my old company, we were the largest uh, service contractor in the country. I mean, we had a large contract with Kmart uh, before they went bankrupt, uh, and we did all the work, regardless of which part of the country was. The areas that we could reach with our own forces, we did it. And then outside us, we had we had a network of subcontractors. So that did if work. someone like Kroger's, who's got stores in you know 500 regions, not 500 regions, but 500 locations, yes. many of whom are outside of the Cincinnati metro, uh, would you go after that kind of business? We can easily do that. Yes, we do. We oh. do. Yes. Okay. Yes. And here, I thought you only worked in. A couple hundred mile radius of Cincinnati. Again, our number one goal is, as I said, I always treat our customers the way I want to be treated. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure we are giving you the best value 
If you can get that quality of work somewhere else cheaper, we will tell you, don't use us, use somebody else. If he can give it to you, then we will do it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, kind of reminds me, uh, when I went out, got my eyes tested by my eye doctor, gave me a prescription. Yes. Went over to uh, a high-end optometrist, and he started showing me a couple of uh, frames. And I said, let's save time. Show me the two most expensive men's frames you have in the store. He must have looked at me like I was crazy. And of those two, I picked the one I like best, and that's the one I'm wearing. I mean, good for you because you know you know quality. quality. That's exactly quality correct. and price. They, that's they, they, they go together. Uh, what motivates you to make tough decisions? I've always hated to fail. I've, when I was since even when I was little, I believed impossible is impossible. I know it's not a proper English, but the song with Diana Roth that ain't mountain high enough. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the challenge of success, what motivates me. Mm-hmm. Now, but did you mo- grow up in America or? No, I grew up in Iran. As I said, I came to the United States when I was 17 years old. Okay. I've been here 42 plus years. I just turned 60. So. Okay. Uh, do you own the whole company? I did. We started, but I'm gradually giving portion of it to my uh, senior management, and they have it. Uh, some of them, uh, from day one when I started Triton, I had smaller percentages. I still own the majority of the shares, but uh, I'm hoping that my uh, management and my employees can take over all of it someday. Mm-hmm. Do you have an exit strategy beyond that, saying someday? I do. <clears throat> it is not a concrete strategy. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not unusual. Uh, uh, what is stronger in your organization, your uh, management team, your sales organization, or your sales or, or your sales management? Our management team as a whole, <clears throat> which encompasses our sales management. Mm-hmm. Uh, How many I, people that are, uh, are in your management team? The senior management that report to me seven. Seven. Over. Those are the ones report to me. And a total number of employees was? 165. I thought you said that, 165. So it's a really small percentage. Again, those are the ones that report to me. I mean, that many of them report to our president. The vice presidents report to the presidents. Okay. Uh, what areas do you think your, uh, your company is excellent at? Engineering, obviously, uh, our performance. Uh, and most importantly, we deliver on what we promise. We don't claim to be infallible, but I can assure you, if we ever made a mistake, and if you came to us and said, there is something wrong, it will not leave my desk till you are satisfied as a customer that we have delivered what we said we would do. Mm-hmm. So delivering what you said you, you're going to do is one of the strengths of Triton. Without a doubt. I mean, this is that's a uncompromising. Uncompromising, yes. That's correct. Uh, how would you compare yourself to other high-performing companies in the construction industry? Actually, we checked it as far as the numbers and the accounting numbers. Uh, we were in best best of class in many many ways. Uh, but I'm never satisfied. You know, I you know, I, I, I consider ourselves like a lampshade. A lot of people from outside see us as a bright light, mm-hmm. but I'm too close and I see the dust on the lampshade. Oh, okay. And uh, so I see the issues internally with a lot of people think those are not big things, but, you know, I'm a perfectionist in many ways. 
And, you know, the only way you can be better is never to accept the status quo and 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 also try to always excel at your standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you see any real changes that you have to make in the company to ensure your success? Yes, I do. I think we need to, the bigger the organization becomes, we have to enlarge and strengthen our management structure so they can take larger load. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what would be the three things that your people would say about your company's culture if we polled your managers and, and employees? What would they say your company culture is? I hope the first thing they would say is that is integrity, that mm-hmm. we won't compromise. Any customer can walk in and look at any invoice. They know we have never cheated them. Uh, we are a family. And also, we are very aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's interesting. Very aggressive. What What does that mean in your world? Meaning that we welcome any challenges, any projects pe- projects people bring to us to make sure that we can do it. Uh, and and uh, th- the more complex it is, the more we welcome it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would be a, a complex project that you completed recently that you could talk about? Really, the most complex right now is the, the the projects we did at our site division with the Wasserman because because of the issues not related to us with EPA and MSD issues, the project was delayed, put us, instead of good weather, put us in a rainy season, and when you're doing the trenching and the dirt's falling down, and we still had to meet a, a schedule, and then... It was a battle between the residents with the MSD, and we had to work around the residents. But, you know, you work with them, and uh, you walk, you see the challenges and try to analyze what's the best solution for it and take it head on. Mm-hmm. Good. I think we have time for uh, uh, one more question. So in your in your world, as you examine the key components for growth, do they center on strategy, process, or people? I would always say it's people, because regardless of what your strategy and process is, if you don't have the right people, nothing's going to work. So mm-hmm. you have to get the best quality people and uh, and the talent that you can. Then you have to strategy, because the strategy is the roadmap. If you don't know how fast you got to go and so on, you got to know, and then the process would be the third. Okay. And, and you're saying you, you use all three? Yes, without a doubt. That agrees with the Sandler philosophy. Majid, I want to thank you for being here with us on the show. I'm giving you a copy of uh, Dave Matson's book, The 49 Sandler Rules. Okay, in the book, thank you're you going to so find a uh, million dollars uh, or more, <laughs> <laughs> and a, a copy of our training calendar and a free pass to uh, one of our training uh, sessions. I think you'd uh, really enjoy it. And again, thanks for being with us here on the show. And Scott, why don't you take it away? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.